Welcome back to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. This week I'm joined on the mic by a legend in the Sea to Sky region. She's probably responsible for putting yoga on the map up here in the mountains, Julia McCabe. I was grateful to have her referred from our in-house yogi, Cecily Elmas, and dive into her journey from yoga in Whistler to yoga really around the world, to thousands of teachers that she's trained, and why she has chosen to dive into the world of neuroscience and how that will complement her commitment to an overall wellness practice. At the Corker Co., we are committed to the notion that healthy leaders lead healthy businesses. And I think it's imperative that we continue to have these kinds of conversations and realize what it will take to not only have healthy bodies, but most definitely healthy brains. I hope you enjoy this one. Be sure to check out the links below of where you too can find Julia in your living room. Jules is like my best friends and stuff say that. Or, you know, like, it's like my mom calls me Jules or Julia's professional. (laughs) Well, we're here to be so professional because we have Julia on the mic. Thank you so much for saying yes. Yeah, it's wonderful to be here. We're going to dive right in because our time is always so precious. And I recognize that I'm catching you at this moment in time that you happen to be back on Canadian soil. And so... Well, I could introduce you from so many different lenses and the woman of the world that you are, I would love it if we can start by having you introduce yourself with the words that you would like to use of who are you today, Julia? Wow. Who am I today? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's an always changing thing, isn't it? For all of us. Uh, well, my name is Julia McCabe. I am currently uh my business and what I offer, my offerings is basically a nexus of yoga, wellness. I'm a heavy breath centric pranayama teacher as well. And all as well under the lens of neuroscience. So I'm currently doing my master's of neuroscience. I've been a professional um, wellness and uh, yoga leader and teacher for almost 20 years. It's been my life's work. And yeah, that's kind of the start, I guess. I guess I've I have a school of yoga that I've graduated thousands of students from and I'm kind of making a, this slow moving shift pivot to embrace it all. Mm. Slow moving shift. It feels like one of my dear friends says it's slow until it's or it's it's bit by bit until it's fast all at once. Mm-hmm. And I'm certain that like a, a ship sinks drip by drip and then it's down or Perhaps, you know, we catch the wind and then we're off and and flying. So um, it's a beautiful analogy for our sweet listeners to remember who are we today and may it always be changing drip by drip and gust of wind by gust of wind. Well, we started this conversation acknowledging the shift in the yoga scene. And I would love to hear a little bit about um, very specifically your journey from how yoga and how your practice and how you've shown up in the world has shifted. And I'm going to add for the better, how has it shifted? How has it changed and enhanced your life in the last few years? Since the pandemic. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, there was a massive shift when the pandemic occurred in, well, really for me, the marking is the first two weeks of March of 2020. And that was when for all of us, the world just kind of really exploded and all of our, you know, it's like sand through our fingertips, the idea of our businesses, our dreams. Some of you lost businesses, dreams from that moment onward. And I thought in that moment, so did I. And my initial instinct was, well, first of all, I had the initial response of being so scared and high anxiety. And I was having a, a really hard time in that first week of if everything just kind of feeling so overwhelming and big. And so in that first week being at home during the pandemic, my business, of course, all of my teacher, all of my trainings were canceled. Every studio that I worked for was shut down. Some of them right away closed down. And pretty much everything that I had as a business owner was gone. So I, in that first week, kind of had that, I think the part of my language, but the fuck it moments that a lot of people had where I'm, or I just thought, okay, we're all in this together. It's not just me that's lost my job or lost my work. And we're all in this. And my, I remember in that first 48 hours or so of, I was supposed to go to the States and the border closed and all these things were happening. It was like, boom, 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 boom. And I had this, what I can feel like, a, or I can recall was a, a ball of fire in my stomach that burned up inside me to my, to my brain and mind state and said, you have to act now. Now is not the time for you to hide under a rock and cry. You have to take everything that you've learned in this yogic journey and wellness, everything that you learned and share it immediately because this is the time is now to share this information to help others survive through this moment. And so I did an Instagram thing and said, Hey, everybody, I'm going to offer a lot that remember everybody did Instagram lives. There's like nine, like always doing Instagram lives. So I did, said, okay, I'm going to do this Instagram live every morning for the next seven mornings show up. We're going to do breath work and I'm going to lead asana. And it was all just through my phone. It was just Instagram. And then that boomed. And I said, we're going to move this to zoom. So I did the zoom pivot like everybody and did the zoom yoga for about a month. And that was into April. And I said, okay, and then I'm going to move this to a platform. And then I basically through that summer followed Taryn Toomey's class, her, her beautiful platform, and I emulated it. It was an inspiration for me. So I also bought into the Vimeo OTT platform and then created a whole basically digital studio from there on in where I then would teach live. And so that for the, yes, for the better, that was, thank God in that moment, I had that instinct that was the best decision that I ever made was to go against the fear factor and to go into the power of the the information that I had gained in all those years. So thank goodness. I mean, I still am running this yoga studio that is hundred percent online. I'm still hundred percent online and I find it, I, I find it so satisfying. It is incredibly satisfying work. And I, even, you know, I, I don't want to say even though it's online, because a lot of us, I don't want to diminish it because it's still been, it's so powerful what I've been able to offer through my online studio. And that, that has been the biggest silver lining of this pandemic, the post pandemic last three years. So that's yeah. one of the, that's one of the good things that happened. I heard that you chose power over fear. 
And I heard that you chose the time to be now. And then you kept iterating. So it started on Instagram and it went to Zoom and it, you know, looked to say, you you looked out to the world to say, who else is doing something? And of course, you know, Taryn's crew, Taryn's practice is far and wide and deep and spiritual and, and moving and um, how powerful that, you know, we, ha- we have followed. And we also speak to the fact that it's been three years now. And, you know, before we hit record, we were also speaking of how do we stay relevant in these pivots and updates? And it felt like in the pandemic, we were also a little bit, um, how do I say, I don't want to say guided, yet we were given parameters and we'll call them rules by which we had to abide by. So the studio shut, the border shut, the, you know, your bam, bam, bams were put on you. And then within those parameters, you were told you could play. I'm wondering now the borders are open and, you know, there are spaces for rent if you wish. And I'm not actually even speaking to like go and create a studio again. I'm more curious in your whole life, perhaps yoga and beyond. How do you approach the conversation of, am I relevant? How am I staying relevant? And the biggest one perhaps being, do you care to be relevant? Mm, Interesting. I think it's, it, it, mm. for me to stay relevant is also synonymous with staying inspired in mm. my work. Mm. So it, in order to stay relevant in a way that's speaking to my customers, my clients, my students, the people are coming to learn from me, but that also to, to stay relevant is what is important to me and my seeking and the practices of staying adventurous and staying excited and offering what, what I'm offering. And if I'm not excited and if I'm not staying interested in the practice of staying relevant, then everybody else suffers. My business, no one's going to come back if I'm not staying updated, if you will. So when I think of relevance, I also think of how can I continue to update my systems and my approaches and how I'm integrating and how I'm offering like a 2.0, right? 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, right? Constantly updating. So to stay relevant for me has been important because again, it's that synonymous with am I staying passionate about my work. And as a, as for those of you who are listening as yoga teachers, it's, and, and really, and it, this goes for any work. And for me, I say yoga teacher, but I'm not just a, I want to say, I don't, and again, I want to diminish it. I'm not just a yoga teacher. I'm, I'm saying, uh, what I want to say is I'm, I'm now many different things and not just teaching yoga, but I know for yoga teachers in general, that it's really important to stay, to stay interested because if you're just saying the same thing over and over again, like step your right foot forward to warrior two, 9,022 times, then you get bored with it. And so that mm-hmm. boredom will lead you into you know, staying stale. So the way that I've stayed relevant, I mean, one, one way that I uh, took this time in the last three years is, is going back to school and studying. So doing my master's in neuroscience seemed like a really interesting compliment to what I was doing in health and wellness and all the body movement and, you know, the sweat and the movement and the twisting and the breath work. And then looking at the psychology and the neuroscience behind why we're here. Mm. 
Okay. I really want to dive into neuroscience. And I think that um, it's, it's a big deal. And it's so beautiful that you chose to go back into your master's in, in such a topic. I don't want to, I, I want to give that the time and space it needs. I just need to come back to, um, you, you know, sparked a little fire around relevancy equaling inspiration. And I am wondering what inspiration looks like for you on a daily basis. How are you filling your cup? And I ask this because I think as humans, we learn from each other and we relate to stories. And I, I want to hold an honor that you are so much more than a yoga teacher. And I think that as humans, it's a really beautiful experience to learn where others are going for inspiration. And what does that look like for you in your life today in 2023? Hmm. inspiration well recently for me it's been for example going to listen to other thought leaders and wellness leaders Mm -hmm. speak I just went to um, this conference in Vancouver it's been listening to you know like Gabor Mate he came through West Vancouver listen to him but it's also the inspiration that comes from letting go and letting loose and having fun, which is why, you know, I just went to this big friend gathering in Sri Lanka and together with friends and seeing what other people do in different industries and looking at this big long table, dinner table of, you know, 50 people who are artists and designers and kind of like bohemian kind of wild creators in the world and seeing what they're up to. I'm really inspired when for example, you, when I'm asking you about your business, I get excited when I'm around, especially fellow female entrepreneurs, because it, when I see my friends who are making killer money, doing it on their own, you know, working hard, the results are showing. It's so inspiring to me because I, I want the same for me. It's this kind of reciprocal, you know, you inspire me, I inspire you. What are you doing? I'm so, you know, interested in what inspires you as well. So, you know, that, and also staying inspired is also a body movement thing for me. If I stay sedentary, I need to move my body, get out in nature, all the things like taking care Mm -hmm. of myself. There's many different ways that I could go with inspiration, but those are just a few. I love it. I, um, as I was listening to you speak there, I heard senses. So it's like, what are you seeing? What are you feeling? Who are you hearing from? And I love that sort of sensory check-in of what have you touched? What have you seen? What have you tasted? And I, I just, to be honest, I don't know if it's since the pandemic yet, what I will share that since the pandemic for me, I find the simpler the act, the, the the more simple I can make it, this sensory overload is exponential. And it's like, how can I make this taste so yummy? Where can I go for a new flavor? Um, I'm really obsessed with gardening right now. And it has me change my relationship with so much from like the relationship I have with my hands and how dirty they get to the relationship I have with watching dandelions grow in my backyard and 
the the speed of which like water is absorbed and I can't help but then you know be slightly narcissistic about it and I'm like if this plant needs this much water how much water do I need and how am I in inquiry around these things and um the things you think about when the mosquitoes are biting you into the evening watering the garden Uh, it's very fascinating I'm hitting the pause button on this sweet episode to tell you about something that you might like. Our newsletter, we call it The Corkboard. It has all things juicy, whether you are looking to keep in touch between episodes or find out more about our coaching, development, or hot new jobs that we're working on. The link is in our show notes. Your inbox is sacred and your time is too. So now let's get back to the episode. We, we have to tangent down to the land of neuroscience. I want to know why it was important for you to embark on that journey and what it means for you. If you can share those things with us, Julia. Sure. So in compliment to my actual digital online studio, that's like breath and, and pranayama, I started to teach separate continuing education courses for teachers, people interested in wellness. Um, and so I began with my first course that was uh, on the endocrine system. And basically all these different systems, I started to integrate and teach these mini courses again for teachers or just people who are interested in learning more. And then I started to get creative with these courses. And, and when I did offer the neuroscience course or pardon me, the nervous system course, it was so new to me and I had not yet delved into neuroscience. It was incredibly daunting. So I put it out there and thought then that, oh shit, I really have to know what I'm talking about. I sometimes do that. I'll put a course out there and be like, oh. Oh, <laughs> need to study when I put out, just put out and like 50 people have signed up for. So I, uh, I did that. And in my studying, I was staying with my mom and I was going back and forth from Vancouver to Toronto. And my dad has, this is a side tangent, but my dad has uh, Parkinson's disease, which is quite advanced now. And so watching a father with a neurodegenerative disease has also been really um, personal and uh, a bit of a heart project for me as well. And in looking at diseases of the nervous system in a very different way with a lot of compassion and empathy and interest in how can I help people um, with different diseases and, you know, from everything from autoimmune diseases to something like my dad with, uh, with Parkinson's. So when I was back in Toronto and staying with my mom and my dad was in the hospital and back and forth and it was stressful during COVID and I was staying with her and on her on her table uh, at the end of her end of her couch, she had this book that was written by Norman Doidge, who has written several books. And what was interesting is that my mom is not somebody who at all, at all is interested in neuroscience or in the nervous system, but this book, brand new book was just sitting on her, her end table. And I said, mom, where did you get that book? And she said, oh, your sister gave it to me. I haven't read it yet. So I picked it up and it was exactly what I needed in terms of the information that I then fed into my nervous system course. And he speaks of, uh, you know, the five stages of the the brain healing itself from neurostimulation to neurorelaxation to neuro, uh, neuromodulation and what happens when, for example, someone has a stroke or a concussion or just across the board stress and how it shows up in the body. And it's this extremely um, intriguing book that he wrote. And so that fed into that course that I then taught. And my mom made a joke and she said, gosh, Jewel, you should go back to school and study 
neuroscience or she said something along those lines. And I thought neuroscience, no. And we laugh, you know, (laughs) there's no way I would go back to school and become a, you know, go for neuroscience. And then I sat with it and I did one of those free Harvard courses that were also happening during the pandemic. And I did this intro to, I think it was neuroscience course through Harvard. And, and then I thought, okay, this is a good sign. And because I'm not really a sciencey person for a lot of my friends, they think of me as an artsy fartsy kind of person. And so what I have discovered is they actually really are close. They're closely intersected the arts and the sciences. And so that's the way that I love to teach is storytelling and making it imaginative when I'm talking about our brain, which is the most phenomenal, weirdest thing in our body. I mean, our whole anatomy is unbelievable, but the fact that we have a brain and that we still don't know so much about it is, it's like how some people think about the universe or UFOs. I just think that we all are kind of weird aliens (laughs) and that our brains are just these amazing, um, things that we have inside of us that are so complicated and so layered. And so, yeah, it's just, I'm just amazed by all of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Gosh, I can't, this, this might be a silly question. Listening to you speak, I was like, can you tell us how to take care of our brains? It's so complicated. It's so special. What do we need to know about brain health? Some top items right away that come to mind is one that you mentioned hydration. So something I've been getting in the, in the, in the uh, habit of is having healthy filtered water. If you can one just for general hydration, hydration, but also just neural hydration. So for for our brain, Mm -hmm. our brain needs water. So just like everything, that's a very basic thing that can stave off everything from just feeling tired, feeling exhausted foggy headed. Um, but a big one is sleep. That's number, I would say that's number one on the list is sleep. Uh, we know that there are many different diseases that are associated, for example, dementia is on the rise, which is scary for our generation still in our thirties and forties, because it's basically doubling. Uh, so dementia and Alzheimer's disease can be prevented in, in a certain extent. It's still, they're both still misunderstood, um, diseases of the brain. So sleep, is really, really important for so many reasons for reset, for that flushing of the cerebral spinal fluid that happens and can be really um, potentiated by a good night's sleep. Um, Of course, anything that you can eat or do that is anti-inflammatory. So inflammation, not just in the brain. So neural inflammation is, is everything. Inflammation is basically the etymology of, or the etiology of most, uh, uh, I want to say most autoimmune diseases. Inflammation is where we see, uh, you know, depression, anxiety, all of these different emotional turbulences. Usually what's happening is there's an inflammation in the body somehow. So anything that you can do the taking of the omega-3 fatty acids, the increase of turmeric. I mean, I say turmeric and I I don't like turmeric, but anything that is anti-inflammatory to that extent, anything that you've learned that is anti-inflammatory, all of the breath work. I mean, I that's why I teach pranayama every morning. It's breath medicine. The cold water stuff that everybody's doing, the Wim Hof is also amazing. It's showing amazing benefits for many different things. Um, so yeah, anti-inflammatory foods, keep doing that if that's your thing. And uh, being aware of your environment as well, the people that you're 
placing yourself around. So that's the biggest thing in terms of you can have inf um, inflammation come from other humans. So somebody who creates an inflammatory response in you, someone who is uh, an emotional toxic vampire, people who are no longer serving you, situations that are um, creating toxicity and high levels of stress in your own body are not worth it. Not worth it. Cut them out. Because they are, that is the number one thing that is also, you know, strenuous on the system is just uh, neurotoxicity from other humans that are bringing you down. Um, and there was one more thing that I was going to say, and meditation is really, really helpful. Meditation, I've just done several meditation cohorts and meditation is, uh, you know, ha has been in many, many studies in terms of the increase of cortical thickness, gray matter in certain brain areas, the hippocampus, for example, that has to do with memory, the amygdala, the shrinking of, of basically the density of gray matter in the amygdala, which has to do with fear centers. Um, basically, there's such an, there's an optimization of brain waves that increases relaxation. And we know that when we relax, we make better decisions. So that's a little bit of what to do for the brain. I love this. I appreciate you sharing so much because, um, well, it's obviously top of your heart. And I always love hearing about anything that's top of one's heart. I appreciate that you have chosen to go back to school for this and then come back to share with us on a very accessible wavelength that says, these are all things in our 30s and 40s and 50s, wherever you're at, 20s, if you're listening to this pod, that are so accessible and they're accessible to you before you start your work day. They're accessible to you before you go to bed at night. They're questions to ask of, did I feed my brain and did the people that I chose to spend my day with today help support the most, what's the opposite of inflammation, deflamed version of myself. <laughs> um, there's something to that. There's something really, really powerful to taking these steps right now. And gosh, yeah, I, I wish this um, for everyone, for everyone listening to take note. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, I, I just listened to Gabor to his talk and he said, you know, he speaks to stress and he says yes. in terms of, you know, uh, our, our Western medical system is still so behind in this, in that, you know, when you go to see a doctor, do they ask you? How is your heart doing? Yeah. You know, what relationships are you in? Have you, how have you felt about yourself? You know, and he yeah. gets the audience, he does that kind of classic question, like all the, all, he goes the ologist, you know, you did your call cardiologist, your gynecologist, your respirologist, all the, did any of the ologists, psychologists, did they ask you these questions? And, you know, there's like zero hands up in the audience, you know, yeah. so there's so much that we can prevent. And we forget how powerful our bodies are and how they're, mm -hmm. medicine, they're medicine cabinets. We just have to feed them, like you said earlier, like the water and the soil. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, too, following your footsteps, I didn't hear Gabor recently. Uh, however, I did see Elizabeth Gilbert speak. And when Elizabeth Gilbert came to Vancouver, she, I'm, I'm ruining this for anyone who hasn't heard her speak yet. And everyone else who has knows that, you know, her big mic drop moment was the, the most profound thing 
a woman can be in the world today is relaxed. Mm -hmm. And the most powerful person in any room is the most relaxed person. And my heart, you know, definitely skipped a beat when I heard that one, because I thought, if only we can acknowledge that the most relaxed state of being is the most powerful place we can operate from. What a way to live in this lifetime. There's some, yeah, there's something to be said about that. I was just listening to that, that theme just came up for me today. I read a little bit into um, Danielle Laporte, her book (laughs) that came into my proximity when I went to this last talk and actually I'm going to be on some platform where she's going to be offered as well so our paths have like strangely crossed and so her book about just like the slowing down factor and then I listened to um, another woman on Instagram Chani she's all about astrology and she's going into moving slow Mm -hmm. and when I think about it, and maybe for those of you listening to it, when you think about somebody who's really powerful or has a powerful mm-hmm. delivery, I, they are usually relaxed and they mm-hmm. may have a slowness to them where they just, they're slow, but they're steady. And there's, mm-hmm. co- there's a confidence in slowness and slowing mm-hmm. down and not moving maniacal high speeds. That's chaos. And so moving yeah. slowly and, and staying quiet sometimes in those moments where everybody's, you know, beacon off mm-hmm. <laughs> that person who's quiet and chooses the time when they decide to share their knowledge is so powerful. That to yeah. me is someone, someone that you want to hang around with. Amen. I love that. Well, speaking of those we want to hang around with, we are at time. And I always love asking the last question because it alludes to hanging out with your own sweet self. And the last question of our pod is what is currently making your heart beat faster? Possibility. And Mm. what is, what is next? Beautiful. Well, we will leave links for people to access you and your home studio in the show notes and I'm really grateful for your time. Thanks for jumping on the pod today. Thank you for having me. Oh, hey, before you go, you know, listening to podcasts on this thing called the internet, it's a wild ride. And what would be so helpful on our wild journey is if you would be so kind to jump on and give us a review. Four, maybe even five stars. It really helps. Thanks for joining us.